Yowie wowie! My name's Eric Goldstein. Welcome to Respect to Combat. We got a hell of a show for you today. Stay tuned. Woohoo! And what's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of that Respect to Combat podcast, episode 136. Today, we got a bit to go over. Unfortunately, we got some sour news to go over as the first round of WWE releases were made yesterday. Then on more positive notes, we still have some stuff to go over from the AEW side of things. Talk about UFC Fight Night last week, as well as some gaming news that we have going on in the world. But with that being said, what's up, Trico? What's up, man? This is going to be a very interesting episode oh yeah definitely with that being said are you ready to get into these mainstreams let's get it and to kick things off for the mainstreams at dynamite grand slam this past wednesday eddie kingston defeated claudio castagnoli to now become the new ring of honor world champion which i believe this is his first world title in his wrestling career ain't it Correct. Yeah, because the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship that he holds currently is not a world title. So congratulations to Eddie Kingston. I definitely think this was the best decision for Ring of Honor right now. He's a Ring of Honor original. He's been a part of the roster for a very long time. The fact that, you know, he's finally getting the rub after Claudio had what, in what was my opinion, a very good run with the title. I think now was the best time for him to get it. Well, you know, TK is all about those moments. And I think it was the right move for him to win in his hometown of New York and the rivalry with Claudio. Agreed. No, I definitely agree with that. Moving on though, former NFL player Sergio Brown has been missing since his mother's passing. For those of you that haven't kept up with this situation, what's going on is that he has been missing since last Saturday and then I believe it was this past Monday that deputies unfortunately found his mom's body in a lake where they ruled it as a homicide. So now they're looking for Sergio. I don't think it's from like them thinking that like, you know, he committed the murder, but more so to make sure that he's safe. I mean, like it's crazy because whenever like you have like a family member pass, it probably didn't take a toll on you, like doing some crazy things. So um, prayers to the family and, um, and I hope uh, Sergio will be okay after this. Yes, completely agree. Hope everything is okay with his family and I do hope that he's okay as well. And then moving on, the Cavs president, Colby Altman, was arrested with a DWI charge, and when asked to take a breathalyzer, he refused it. The cops stated that he wasn't slurring his words or anything. He seemed very coherent with speaking to the cops. He didn't seem belligerent at all. He complied with everything they asked him to do. So, I mean, was he drunk? Who knows? I mean, you know how the cops, they had that little tube to make sure you ain't drunk or anything. Yeah, no, I know. But I also know that cops need to make a quota, so. I mean, it is what it is. It is. And and to round out our mainstream highlights for this week, as there weren't really actually much as we typically do, if you are living under a rock, then you probably do not know that The Rock is back in the WWE. Trico, were you just as, were you just as shocked when you saw him pop up on SmackDown last week? Hold on, uh, let me do this right. <clears throat> Finally, The Rock has come back to the WWE, due to the strike. But the question is, but for how long? And I, I and I want to ask this uh, this question, and this uh, pertains to WrestleMania 40. Does does this change everything? Like, are we actually, are we finally gonna see The Rock versus Roman? Because when The Rock mentioned about the match on the Pat McAfee show, they say they couldn't do the match at WrestleMania 39 because uh, he knows that um they're waiting for the WWE and Endeavor uh, deal to the deal to close, and one of the other 
made changes that you because they want to do something different that the fans uh, have never seen. So, again, the question: Does this leave Cody out of the picture, trying to finish the story? Like, um, like who would you rather see be in the main event, The Rock or Cody Rhodes? Here's what I'm thinking, right? I'm thinking what's going to happen is I think this will be like a six-month contract for The Rock or something along those matters. I personally think what they're going to end up doing is that I think what I think that they're going to end up having The Rock versus Roman on night one. And then on night two, it'll be Roman versus whoever the winner is of the Royal Rumble. Now, the reason why I say winner of the Royal Rumble is because, well, you know, that's how things work in the WWE. There's a Royal Rumble match in January. Somebody wins the Royal Rumble match. And then they challenge for one of the World Heavyweight titles. So the thing is, is that obviously we already know that whoever wins the Royal Rumble will be most likely challenging Roman. Now, that's not like a jab to Seth Rollins or anything, but that's just how I see it. So that's how I think it's going to go down. I think it's going to end up being The Rock versus Roman on night one, tribal combat probably. And then night two, it's going to be Roman versus whoever the Royal Rumble winner is. I think that whoever that Royal Rumble winner is, I think that's going to be the person who finally dethrones Roman Reigns. See, I knew you was going to say that because if you look at the past like 10 WrestleManias, not every Royal Rumble winner has been in the main event. Think about this. Mm -hmm. Let's say if Gupta wins the Royal Rumble, he's probably going to end up facing Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight title. Okay, yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, because I think Seth I might hold on because I think Seth might hold on to the title until Mania and uh, and the run with uh, that Gupta's been on. I think it's uh, I think it's the right move for him to win the Royal Rumble and then like if they want to continue on with the Cody story, maybe he could probably we win the elimination chamber or something like that and then finish the story there yeah that could work also or if they want to put a swerve they might get do la Knight to win the world rumble well whoever knows but those are my top three pits la Knight, gunther and cody I wouldn't be surprised if LA Knight randomly came out and actually won the Royal Rumble just because, I mean, he does have top merch sales right now, and you know how they like pushing guys that have top merch sales. Yep. Anywho, speaking of people that probably won't be making much money off of merch sales anytime soon, Endeavor let loose their first round of roster releases yesterday, and we got the whole list right here for you some that i want to name off just off the bat before we go through this entire list but just because these ones kind of were like hey, what first dolph ziggler really that man's been a workhorse for the wwe for god knows how long two-time world heavyweight champion six-time intercontinental champion one-time money in the bank winner i think three-time tag team champion two-time united states champion like that in my opinion was dumb like i did not think they should have released dolph ziggler just because he is a full-blown workhorse and with that being said, Dolph Ziggler to AEW confirmed. But, yeah, that, that, one, that was the most shocking one uh, of them all. Uh, but I think Dolph Ziggler is doing okay because uh, because beyond WWE, he's making millions of doing like uh, comedy and all that other stuff. But like you said, I think Dolph Ziggler will be great in um, AEW. But um, it just uh, depends on wherever he wants to go. So oh, yeah. Because his brother's already there, so I expect him to, uh, you know, pop up. And then it's just like, hey, it's the Hollywood hunks. And then they do the whole pretty boy characters. But another one that completely threw me off, Mustafa Ali. Because tell me if I'm wrong here. Wasn't he supposed to have a North American title match next week at, New at No Mercy? Yeah, but um, that was super on that point. But what really get me is, is that you want to release Mustafa Ali at the after in the past. He say like, oh, he wants to be released 
release off his contract and they didn't want to but now all of a sudden you want to release him now like that's just another dumb decision oh yeah and especially right now when he was actually starting to get some hype built behind him another one that kind of threw me off a bit Dana Brooke just because she had this whole storyline going in NXT being the mentor being being a mentor see those ones didn't really make sense to me at all and I know some wrestling um podcast YouTubers probably don't care about Dana but like I was kind of interested to see how her role in NXT is gonna be but not no more not no more and then just to go down this list just so you guys know who all has been released from the WWE as I stated before Mustafa Ali Emma Rick Boogs, Aaliyah, Elias, Riddick Moss, Top Dalla, which the, the Top Dalla also threw me off because I'm like, you guys literally just resigned him like five months ago. Come on. Not just him, but the other name that, that you just mentioned. Shelton Benjamin, now, Dolph Ziggler. Hold up, hold up. Let me talk about Shelton Benjamin. You know I think he will be good with? He Ooh. should go to AW and be a part of the Black Boot Combat Club. Actually, I'd be completely okay with that now that I think about it, mainly because of his amateur wrestling background and then also like he's more so of a technical wrestler as is so yes yes i'd be completely okay with that now that i think about it yes as i stated dolph ziggler and dana brooke both have been released mansoor and mace otherwise known as maximum male models god that was the worst thing ever i'm sorry <laughs> quincy elliott dabakato shanky Ulyssa leone Daniel MacArthur, Bryson Montana, and Kevin Ventura Cortez. The last three, I didn't, who, who were they? Well, let me just say this. If you're not involved with some kind of storyline, or if you're not popular at anything, or if you're not uh, being used to anything, and this is going to be like this. Oh, we cannot use them. They're not involved in anything. Like, how long they've been on television? So we can get rid of them. That's good shit, pal. <laughs> <laughs> that you're, I, I hate to say it, but you're not wrong at all, even in the slightest. And uh, just because, me, or are you gonna say I'm sorry? I said this before, and I'm gonna say it again. It was never about the sale of the company. It's about Vince McMahon trying to be back in power, so that way, when the Devil Deal comes to fruition, and you know that a lot of people's jobs is gonna be on the line. And um, I know we have been critical in the past between like between Westerners everything. But at the end of the day, it's people's jobs on the line. You know, they got families to, to look after and all that other stuff. So, yeah, we don't know when the next round is coming. Just oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's the scary part is that we don't know how bad these can get. But moving on from that, uh, we did get some matches confirmed this week for Bound for Glory coming up on October 21st. First match being that it will be Josh Alexander versus Alex Shelley for the Impact World title. I'm excited for that match because that's going to be a great match altogether just because both of them are very technical wrestlers. There's just one concern that I have that we will talk about in a second. But the second match that was confirmed, which, dear God, this match is going to be so fucking good. Speedball Mike Bailey versus Will Ospreay. That's going to be a fun match. And I'm going to love every second of it. Then a couple of matches that did get teased last night that looks like it's about to happen. Uh, Mickey James versus Trinity for the Knockouts title at Bound for Glory. If you didn't watch last night's episode of Impact, then just so you guys know, um, when everyone was having their hands raised and Trinity was holding the Impact Knockouts, 
Scott's world title, Mickey James immediately made eyes with made eyes with the title. Now, if you guys don't understand where this is coming from, Mickey James just returned from injury, and when she had gotten injured, she was at that time the knockouts world champion. So she never technically lost the title. Technically, same same situation as that Josh Alexander is in right now, facing Alex Shelley. And then Chris Sabin is looking like he's going to be facing Alan Angels at Bound for Glory for the X Division title. Alan Angels won a number one contenders match to become the new number one contender to the X Division title. Um, this one, we're just not sure if it's either going to be a TV match or if they're actually going to use it for pay-per-view. Well, uh, let me speak on the uh, the knockouts title. That is definitely a dream match for me. I'll be definitely taking a close eye look on that. And while we was talking on some of the, these WWE releases, I think some of the women that we just mentioned might fit well in uh, Impact because besides from WWE and, and AEW, I think Impact has a better women's wrestling division than WWE and AEW does. Just by the way uh, how creativity and the direction they go. I agree. No, the women's matches in Impact Wrestling are definitely booked a lot better than they are in WWE or AEW. Like, they actually have vivid storytelling, and the match quality is also a lot better. And then the Feaster Fire cases were revealed, and see, this is kind of where I'm getting into that I'm hoping we don't see a freaking repeat. Moose got the got the briefcase for the world title shot. So, my thing is, if Josh Alexander beats Alex Shelley at Bound for Glory, I don't want Moose coming in again and freaking cashing in on Josh Alexander and traumatizing his son. His son's already been traumatized enough by Moose, damn it. I don't need this shit happening again. <laughs> Oh my God. And you're that laughing be... because you know exactly what I'm talking about. No, I'm laughing because this is, uh, this, that would be totally stupid if they do that again. Like, we do not need that shit again. Like, I can only imagine, like, his wife like his wife and kid is just in the ring celebrating with him, and then all of a sudden, Moose just pops up. All of a sudden, you see, all of a sudden, you see his wife just pop up with a fucking 9mm, just like, try something, try it, do it again, I dare you! Oh my god. <laughs> but, yeah, that's where I'm saying, like, I really, really hope they don't do a repeat of what they did last time, because I think that was two years ago when that happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was two years ago at Bound for glory so it's like no don't do it again or else i swear to god by the time moose is in by the time josh's son turns 18 he's gonna be gunning for moose Anywho, moving on before I go into a bigger rant, Chris Bay ended up getting a tag title shot for ABC, so we'll be seeing them probably cashing in on the Rascals sometime soon. And I have a slight feeling that ABC and the Rascals are going to be having like a similar rivalry, kind of like how the New Day and Usos did in WWE. Like I have a feeling they're going to they're going to trade the titles back and forth for a little bit, but we'll see. And then Crazy Steve ended up getting a briefcase for the Digital Media Championship. I think that's something good for him. I'd be happy with Crazy Steve finally getting some gold, and maybe it'll make him a, le a little less crazy, but I doubt it. And then, unfortunately, Yuya was the one who ended up receiving the pink slip briefcase, and he, unfortunately, is no longer with Impact Wrestling, as he has and I believe he has now ended his excursion and he will be returning to New Japan. Anything else you got on this, Trico, or, or no? Just, uh, when you mentioned the tag titles, I think that, that is definitely very, very gonna be interesting. And Like you said, yeah, they might do a 
a rivalry like the New Day and the Usos, but like we'll see uh, how that goes. And um, but let's see how the rest of the card is going to be. And now moving into some unfortunate stuff that transpired on Dynamite Grand Slam, oh, talking man. about John Moxley and Adam Cole's injuries and aftermath. So this first one: Should someone Ray Phoenix's size be using a sit-out pile driver as the move as the move shortened Stone Cold's career and by the looks of things only gave Mox a concussion and possible stinger? Look, unfortunately, these types of accidents happen with wrestling, um, especially with pile drivers. Pile drivers themselves are very dangerous moves, no matter what type of pile driver it is you're doing. Just because no matter which type of pile driver it is, the same uh, trajectory point is the trajectory point is the same. Like you're still trying to, you know, drop your opponent on their head. So you're taking risks there. See, my problem that I have with this is Rick Knox. See, in my personal opinion, he's the one that fucked up. Up here because here's what happened like did you watch the match trico or no it was not just that match every match had a lot of bad like a lot of terrible spots in there that could have uh, like kill or injure injure a person like yeah. uh, what happened to freaking um, eddie kingston or one with mjf the one with john Moxley. like it was a lot of scary oh spots. yeah no well, I'd say the John Moxley one was like, that was the one that scared me the most just because it's like, okay, guy obviously, uh, guy obviously got dropped on his head. He's not responding. Why are you telling Ray Phoenix to pick him back up and hit the same move again? Like wrestling 101, if the opponent's not responding, complete the three count and call for medical. But, uh, luckily, uh, John Moxley was, was able to, to walk on it, uh, walking his own a bit we'll carry out of the arena yeah thankfully he was able to walk out of the arena and then there hasn't been anything further other than that but other thing being now is that the status on adam cole's ankle will affect the aew wrestle dream as the tentative plan is for better than you baby versus righteous for the roh tag team titles so problem there being is that you know if you missed it adam cole came running out to the ring when mjf was getting choked out and when he jumped from the when he jumped from the ramp, he tw- he he hurt his ankle. Hence, why he was limping. Uh, no, no, nothing against the righteousness. I would rather see them versus the kingdom because it would make sense of storytelling. Wanted that's what everyone wanted. Everyone wanted better than you, baby, versus the kingdom because that is the storyline that has been getting built. The righteous just got randomly thrown in here. Like, what the fuck? Why they have nothing to do with this storyline currently? Uh there's Tony Khan, ChatGPT, back at it again. Because because MGM is not going to be defending the world title anytime soon until like until full gear. So, oh yeah, no, and it's I don't know this. His booking really just makes me question. I'm moving on before I get more angry. Everybody's reactions to UFC Fight Night last weekend uh, was quite mixed. Did you get a chance to watch it, Trico, or no? Nah, I know we uh, wait for the next pay per view and stuff. I gotcha. So this fight night was main evented by Gross Soldier versus Shevchenko 2, which I'm not sure if you heard, but it ended up ending in a draw in a split decision. Main reason why it was a split decision was because one of the judges scored around 10-8, which led to the split decision draw. And that's where now Dana White saying that he wants Grosso versus Shevchenko 3. But the other thing is, is that Grosso said she doesn't want to seem like she's holding the flyweight division back because of the fact that her and Shevchenko are still, you know, going back and forth. Also, another thing is that Valentina... 
Shevchenko actually suffered a broken hand in the first round of the main event. So she's now going to need time to heal her hand. And with all that being said, if you haven't already, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. If you're on Instagram, TikTok, or threads at Respect the Combat, on Twitter at RTC Podcast One. And we'll be right back. In 2023, we will keep on pushing the limits. reaching new goals and we will keep on living progress you can feel teaming up with others to make sure new also means better showcasing what tomorrow holds and giving the future a home in 2023 we keep on keeping on because we are living progress progress you can feel future is an attitude and with all that we are back and Trico, how are you doing so far going good yeah I'd say this has so far been a smooth episode. Um, and moving into that, we are now moving into our flashback of the week. <laughs> to this one, all I could say is fly, fly. Trico, you get why I said that. We're what, we're talking about the uh, the the unification of the women's title and the ever so famous butterfly divas title. And if you don't remember this, this happened back in, come on, hang on, back at Night of Champions 2010, Michelle McCool versus Molina in a Lumber Jill match. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't you mean co-women's champion at the time? I, I mean, okay, technically she wasn't even in the women's or the Divas champion going into it. Layla was. Oh, my God. You you just know how cringe Lay Cool was. Dude, I hated that. That was mm, mm. every time I talk about this, I get triggered. God damn it! <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. Just lay cool was hands down the worst thing WWE has ever booked in its entire company's history. Just why? Why did you think literally splitting the woman's title in half was a good idea? First off, whoever whoever it was that actually made that belt, kudos to you. But <laughs> well, to be to be um put in retrospect, the Divas title was made because of the uh the brand extension at the time during I think was two thousand eight. Yes, two thousand eight. That's when the, yeah. uh, I think had the Great American Badge. That's when the Divas title was uh, was introduced at the uh, because of the brand split. And now yeah, back in, and now in twenty ten that that's when they uh, unify unify the titles. Right. No, and I completely remember that. It's just, I mean, 2008 to like about 2013 was not a good time for the women's division. Like overall, it was just they got they got treated so poorly and just their booking was such shit. Like I hate to talk say it like that because it's not even their it's not even, you know, the, it's not even their call, but just to give you guys a thought of like how shit women's wrestling used to be booked, this match only went 6 minutes and 35 seconds. And this was a unification match. Yep. Ah. And then more so of an open discussion. Trico, do you think weight classes should be introduced to the WWE? Um, it was a thing as it was uh, back then, but um, not anymore. 
Just depends. I'd say it really would depend on how they do it, but if they try to do it like how the UFC has their weight brackets broken up, it's not going to work. Nah, I don't that's think they do. Ma- In my personal opinion, that's way too many divisions for a wrestling promotion. Yeah, they don't need to. No, I completely agree. And then also within boxing and MMA, do you think do you think uh, promotions are more so chasing money fights to the expense of each division? Like, and when I say that, like... You know, with how there's been all these like celebrity boxing matches, like Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz, and like Logan Paul versus whoever the fuck he's deciding to fight today, and all these other celebrities that are just bringing like UFC fighters and retired boxers out of the woodworks to get these like money matches. Do you think these boxing promotions and these MMA promotions are more so trying to get those matches than actually, you know, having an actual league? I mean, it all depends on how can you market and how you can sell um that fight okay i get what you mean and now moving into our final topic of the day gaming which here is where i will let mr trico take over because he's way more of a gamer than i am okay full disclosure do not i repeat do not get mortal kombat one on the switch because the grab is there it is not good if y'all remember playing wwe 2k20 you know what i mean but, I was gonna uh, say I I even saw those graphics. Dear God, like the graph, like the like the difference between the PS5 graphics and the Nintendo Switch graphics, but yet both games are seventy dollars. Like, bro, I am not spending no seventy dollars for a go- for a goddamn game that looks like it has Wii graphics. Yeah, don't do it. Don't buy the game on the Switch. If uh, if you're lucky enough to have a PS5 or an Xbox X, get the game on there. It has way more better graphics there, and then and if you play through the story mode, is that is that it actually looked like you're watching a movie? Yes, yes. No, I was actually watching my brother play it um, earlier this week, and yeah, no, it legitimately looks like a movie. And then I did also hear about the fact that Tekken Eight has a closed beta test available soon. Yes, and the beta will be available on October twentieth to October twenty uh, third. So this is your chance to uh to check out this uh uh, uh sneak peek gameplay. Uh, Tekken A before it's released next year in uh in January. Right. No, I completely get what you're saying. Um, that one I'm actually a bit excited for because I mean it's been a couple of years since they've released a Tekken game, hasn't it? Yeah, because like they don't release a Tekken game like like every five years. Well, there explains why they're the goat because they put God knows how much time into those games. Yeah, and then same thing goes for Mortal Kombat and, and Street Fighter games. Yeah. And then to round things out, I'll let you talk about the new DLC pack coming out next week for AEW Fight Forever. Yep. Hook Housing will be able to uh, to play in Fight Forever. So we are getting uh, the cold-hearted, handsome devil Hook and Dan Housing. And what's good about this one, I saw the gameplay on, on, a, twi- on a Twitch account. And I'm not saying X, okay? We are not saying that, okay? So get that out of your minds. And um, besides that, I saw the gameplay, and um, both both of their movements was really good, especially for uh, Dan Halsey. You know, if you if you play the game, you you know how um, Orders Cassidy has that slough a uh, gameplay where you could where he put his hands in his pocket and everything. And now for Dan Halsey, you can actually do the curse on a wrestler, and the curse play <laughs> looks really look it looks really good, like um. Oh, like, oh my God, like, yeah, you could be able to put somebody to, you know, with the curse, you could be able to put somebody to sleep during the curse, and they cannot move. I love it. It sounds very nice, very evil. Yep. And with all that being said, 
Um, we do appreciate you all taking out the time of your day to take a listen to us talk. If you haven't already, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. If you're on Instagram, threads, or TikTok, at Respect the Combat. If you're on Twitter, at RTC Podcast One. And then also make sure you're following us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts just to make sure you, you, know, you get notified about episodes before everyone else. And with all that being said, my name's Eric, he's Trico, and we're out. Peace, y'all.